It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. We're all about action. My name is Mike Bernard, your host, also one of the certified financial planners on the show. Thanks for being with us. Here with me, as always, in the KFG Studios, certified financial planners, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Owning rental properties can be a valuable, income-producing, and diversifying investment. But is it for everyone? That's a good question. We'll share with you our opinions on when you should consider it and when you should avoid it today on the Wise Money Show. That's right. If you have any questions, reach out to us. We are working through the question bank, so just continue to send in your questions. If you have needs, also reach out to us. We'd love to help. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. Submit a question right there on the right. You can call or text 574-222-2000. That's 574 574- Two 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 thousand, and then all over social media: Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. That's where we have a presence right now. Maybe more. I don't know as we move forward. But just search Wise Money Radio, subscribe to it, follow, like, all that sort of stuff. Submit questions there as well. All right. I'm uh, was driving home the other day from work, and um, there's a house for sale that I hadn't noticed before. And it's right on my path. I just drive, I drive by. It's not in the neighborhood. It's just outside of the neighborhood. And I thought, oh. So I, the reason I say outside of the neighborhood, so, you know, it's, you get a little more freedom. You can do what you want. You, you know, no you don't bylaws covenants and covenants and, that, yeah. and whatever. It's like, that'd be, that'd be a great rental property. For me, I don't know. I, I, have you ever thought that? Have you ever wondered about owning rental real estate and what that could mean for your financial life. We're going to answer that, but let me now tie in something else. When you're online looking at financial stuff, if you ever do that, is that advice or is that information? I found a great example where you would want to distinguish between the two. I read an article, just coincidentally, that was titled, Three Reasons to Invest in Single Family Rentals from a Reputable Source. I don't know. Normally, I have the source. I don't have it listed here. And they said... All the reasons why you've got, I mean, basically you'd be a fool to not own real estate. And they said they had three of them or right now is the time you've got to do this. They said, number one, the real estate outlook is strong. Sounds like fact. That's an opinion. Housing is bolstered by low unemployment. Laid a, whole, a lot of argument about that one, too. And then the third, rental profiles are shifting and more people are looking to rent. Now, that was the only one that actually I thought was interesting. Uh, again, but, but sounds like advice even or a fact, and that's just an opinion. So I don't know how much you'd trust those three reasons. Or again, if you've ever thought about rental real estate in your portfolio. But guys, what do you, what do you think on the whole idea of rental real estate or just even those three uh, things that were cited there? I just recently uh, dusted off the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You remember reading that yes. early in your career? And everyone comes to the conclusion after reading that book that they need to hurry up and go buy a rental property. Um, everyone comes in a- after reading it saying, okay, how do I get into that game? And I, 
I admit, you know, I I felt a lot of that as well. I mean, there's a there's this argument for why you should use debt to fund an asset that's an income producer, and that way your money's working for you instead of you working for your money. I mean, it just all sounds like principles that everyone should be following, and everyone should own their home, but that's really a liability. What you really want is rental properties. But it, it never takes into consideration all of the downsides, all of the work that goes into it as well. And experience sometimes is the only way you can kind of learn that. And uh, thankfully today we've got an experienced uh, landlord among us. Uh, I, I'm eager to learn from you today, Kevin. Well, I, I, I'm hoping I can meet your expectations. I was <laughs> thinking about Mike seeing this house on, on his way home. It's, on, it's right on his path. And I think Mike's a creative guy and a writer, and I th- I'm just envisioning the article that he'd write four years from now, how to make your drive to and from work even more miserable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when you think about real estate, real estate is the perfect investment. Because it, like you said, Joshua, you buy something, you buy a house, someone else lives in it, makes your house payments for the next 20 or 30 years, and at the end of the day, you own a house free and clear. That's perfect. And more millionaires have been created in the United States through real estate than any other investment idea or strategy. So it's very interesting to think about and you think it's a simple idea. The problem is it's very complicated in the execution. And there are a lot of things that you can't see when you get into it that become fairly obvious once you're in. And what, one of my favorite guys in the world to talk to, I have some I have some good friends who very successfully do rental real estate. So uh, Greg Carrier and John Marshall and Chris White, and there are some other friends that I have. And we talk about these things. And each, each one of those guys has a different strategy. My strategy was I became an accidental landlord because there was a house on the front part of my property and the uh, the owner was in a distressed situation, was going to be moving out. And I said, I'd, I'd like to buy that thing and control who lives on the front part of my property. And then as I did that back in, I think, 2011 or 12, what I realized is the banks were loaded up with housing, houses and inventory, and banks don't want to own houses. Uh, They want to own loans and other things like this. So they were getting, they were offloading the houses fairly inexpensively. And so I bought about a dozen houses and I said, all right, here's this great thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to do it with my children. It'll kind of be a family affair and they will love learning about real estate and, uh, and all of these things. And um, what, I've, what I've learned now seven years later and I've, uh, I, I, I'm going to dispose of all but two is that it is, it is not all that it's cracked up to be and it's not for the faint of heart. Mm. 
because I feel like you're telling my story with farm animals right now. <laughs> it sounded so great on the front end. The kids will learn so much. No, it's not. Right. Well, no, that's my story with with uh, a mini farmette, if you will. <laughs> like I love farming. I grew up on a farm. I will move to a farm. My whole family will love farming, and we moved and. I love farming. Um, <laughs> so there you go. And you say, hey, Caleb, will you want to help me with this? Nope, that's okay, Dad. So um, so it's not, it, it, it hasn't been the, the social experience that I was envisioning up front. But early on in my career, I wanted to, I've always wanted to get into real estate. I, I am a, kind of a serial entrepreneur. I believe that when you are born, you either get the shot when you're in the hospital or you don't. And if you get the shot, you're an entrepreneur. And if you don't get it, you're not. Um, but I got the shot and I've been, um, since it really, I was born, I've been a serial entrepreneur. I always want to get in real estate. I was talking to my father-in-law about it um, shortly after I'd started my career in financial planning. And he said, your business, your career needs to be the very best investment you have. So don't mess around with real estate now. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, well, I sought wisdom. I'm going to call that wisdom and I'm going to put my head in the sand and work my tail off. And that that was the best plan for me. Hmm. Um, and so I, I would encourage you if you're a young person and you're looking and you're saying, hey, I need to get some sort of extra stream of income done and I can, I'm willing to come home from work at six o'clock and put on some overalls and go fix up a rental house till midnight and then rent it out for two years and then uh, recarpet and repaint it because the people trashed it and never changed the furnace filter and there's a, uh, do that do, there's that's a great way as long as you assign no value to your time real estate's the perfect investment it's interesting though I, I want to I don't know Kevin if we'll use your story as the backdrop as we navigate this topic but People who do it well, you listed a few. You do it well, enjoy Absolutely. it, it's a good fit. The question is, is, is it a good fit for everyone? Because again, this this article suggests that it is. Again, that's that's information, not advice. You got some great books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, others that suggest you have to. It's information, not advice. And so I'm just, you know, we're kind of students to this stuff. So we're gonna lay out at least what we've seen that distinguishes the people who can do it well and successfully from those who can't and hopefully it's helpful to you so that and more coming up here on wise money with corhorn financial group this is wise money with corhorn financial group have you ever thought about owning rental real estate Yes, yes, you have. Yes, I know you have, because I have too. And, and it's just impossible to think about, uh, you know, building wealth and, and other things um, and not at least wonder, should I do this? And we're talking about that today. We're going to help you make sure that if it's for you, this is how you know. 
All right. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory. Thank you to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene. By the way, if you have rental properties already, they're not in an LLC, you got to talk to the folks at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene. Uh, as well as First State Bank, you probably need a loan or something like that. So both of those uh, great organizations can help you. All right. If you have any questions, reach out to us, 574-222-2000. You can call or text 574-222-2000. Wisemoneyradio.com is how you find us online. And then social media, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, just search Wise Money Radio. All right. So we've all had the itch over the years. Again, more than 50 years of experience here on the microphone with you in financial planning. And... Would you say hundreds, if not maybe even a thousand people have come to us and said, yeah, someday I'd like to have rentals or I currently have a rental. I want more or um, actually that is my job. That's my passion is I've got a rental portfolio, something like that. And and I don't know, but as being a thinker and sort of hopefully a lifelong learner with so many examples, I've just started to look and say, well, the people that have really made this work, what did they possess that was different than the people that weren't able to pull it off? Great people. Let's just say both of them, if you're comparing one to another, one made it work and it's it's worked out great. The other didn't. Great people, nice people, hearts of gold, all that sort of stuff. What's the difference? And it might be bold here, but that experience has led me to say there's four laws to rental real estate. Now, if you're uncomfortable with that language, just say principles, and we'll see. Josh might uh, might disagree with most of them. I've talked to Kevin about them a little bit, but so you, you might disagree. But I feel so strongly about these that I would say these are four laws that you've got to have the right answer to these four things in order for you to say, yes, rental real estate's right for you. So, all right, the very first one. The first law of rental real estate is you need to have capital. Let's let's talk about that. I mean, part of the lure is, oh, I can buy a property with someone else's money and have someone else pay the mortgage. That's awesome. I've seen it be very troubling if you don't have the right amount of capital going into a venture like this. Yeah, because it's not just the down payment that qualifies you for a loan to get other people's money and buy this house and so on. It's also the the extra uh, money that's called upon, the, the roof that needs to be repaired or the furnace that needs to be replaced. Uh, yeah, you get some bad renters in there and, and there's repairs that, that have to happen. Or worse, what if it sits empty for longer than you ever thought and you're making mortgage payments with no income to offset it? That takes capital and it eats into, it erodes the goodness of the investment that you thought you made. And uh, unfortunately, when you borrow money, it increases the risk. Yes, it can sometimes enhance the reward that you get, but think about this. If you if you bought a property with only 10% down and it just doesn't go well and you need to get rid of that investment, um, if the property has fallen in value even just a little bit, it's not the bank that's going to feel that pain. It's your money, your down payment that's at risk, especially when you consider that it's costly to unload real estate. It's an illiquid investment. Most people end up using a realtor, and they deserve to be paid for their hard work to help you sell it. Those were the three sources of capital or reasons for capital that, that I... Th- First, a down payment. And if you're going to do it the right way... 
I, and I don't want to say the right way. Just if you're going to do it with a big down payment, that requires patience or some sort of other sacrifice you've made in some other area. And, and then the repairs um, that will inevitably come. That's the best way I can say it. And then the, um, the plan for the carrying cost, your financial ability to carry the property when inevitably it's vacant. Right. And and you need to know, like in Michigan, if you own a rental property, there are some interesting things. If you own one in the city of Niles, they're going to charge you every year and they're going to inspect it. So it's not just the, and we're going to get to the cost of your time, but there's a financial issue there as well. And if you, the best way to learn about real estate, in my humble opinion, is to just play the game of Monopoly. Because remember, if you have to sell the house back to the bank, you get half of what you paid for it. (laughs) If you sell the deed back to the bank, you get half of what you paid for it. So you can raise capital, but raising capital by unwinding is a horrible way to do it. Raising capital by doing a short sale is a horrible way to do it. Raising capital or protecting yourself by filing bankruptcy is a horrible way to do it. And as we said, real estate has made many people millionaires. It has also um, given people enough latitude in their financial life to be able to file bankruptcy and to be completely financially wrecked because you don't, you you see what's above the water, the one eighth of the iceberg that's above the water, you don't see the seven eighths that's below. So this one's a hard one because, but but I've seen it as a law. If you're not bringing the right amount of capital and the right amount of margin as well into your financial life, then Boy, it, it is going to be difficult for this thing to really, really go well. Now, it could go well, but it's going to be difficult for it to really go well. That's a principle whether you're buying rental property or buying your first home even, mm-hmm. right? You, you need to recognize it's not enough to just have the down payment. You have to be able to maintain that house and be ready for the unexpected because the unexpected always comes with real estate. It's it, why we call them the joys of home ownership. Yeah. <laughs> it, the, the tricky thing with rentals, though, is is sometimes you can quickly believe that, well, as long as I just get the house, someone will pay the mortgage for me. And no, you need to have capital. That's the first one. The second one, and this is interesting. You guys might disagree with this. The second law of owning rental real estate is you need to have some construction or home maintenance abilities, some wherewithal to be able to fix it up or handle the minor things. And here's why I would say this, because Each of these laws, actually, there's a very legitimate counter to them. The counter to this one is, well, I'll just have a property manager. No problem. Well, I'll tell you, right now, the good ones are already working. So you've got to trust someone that you don't know whether they're trustworthy or not. But then you also need to know enough to know if someone's swindling you, if you do need a new furnace or not. And it just gets extremely expensive if every time the tenant calls to say the toilet won't flush, you've got to call the plumber. 
it just it that will erode erode your profits you'd flush your profits right there yeah good one oh, right down the <laughs> drain mikey b <laughs> and i'll tell you you know of these principles i don't meet several but this one for sure i have no idea how to hammer in a light bulb just no idea <laughs> right so if the <laughs> so i i i failed i failed the the test right there and you want to know uh, another test that you can fail if you're listening and you're thinking i just i have this drive i have this desire i just want to get into real estate and mike said i could do it if i had a property manager and you have officially nominated your spouse to be the property manager <laughs> um without uh, him or her knowing um y- you've likely already set yourself up for failure kevin one of the guys that sorry josh one of the guys you brought up who's done it well in the first segment i remember when i met him he was i think in overalls or something and he was it's because we were talking we we're gonna have lunch and then he was going back to that to one of the rentals to paint listen if if you if if you don't want to do that or you don't know how to paint or whatever uh, it's gonna be very expensive for you to have a rental and i would tell you not gonna work out well yeah the most successful landlords that i've ever met they all have this in common and and that is that they do much of the work themselves they actually enjoy doing the work themselves and when you can buy a property cheap fix it up and then get it rented um, you have a shot at there being profit over the long haul with that but if every time you're hiring someone who that plumber has a profit motive themselves, yeah. um, you, you know you, you have to uh, consider that you may be bleeding out a lot of that profit that you're talking about. If, if, you, if you didn't like these first two laws, the third one you're probably going to argue with as well. So we're just, we're just halfway through. I got the other two laws of owning rental real estate. Hopefully you're two for two if you've wanted to do this. But we've got two more to hit. And then uh, some great questions from fans of the show. That and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Have you ever considered owning rental real estate as part of your overall wealth building strategy, your overall financial plan? Well, there's a lot of people who've done an amazing job at it, and it really has accelerated their ability to build wealth. But unfortunately, there's a whole bunch of stories, probably just as many, if not more, where it's created a lot of financial havoc and um, and challenges. So we're helping you figure out whether, well, which side, of, which of those camps you belong in. We're talking about the four laws of rental real estate. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike. Here with me in the KFG studios, Josh and Kevin. Thank you, Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Inspired Homes team for making the Wise Money Show possible. Now we're talking about rental real estate. This is housing season. If you're thinking about doing anything to your housing situation, give Diane's team a call at Inspired Homes. All right. If you have any questions for us, reach out to us, 574-222-2000. Call or text, 574-222-2000. If you have this goal, this dream of owning rental real estate, again, we've helped many people get into it, and it requires... um, 
a comprehensive financial plan. So so reach out. Let us know if we can help. WiseMoneyRadio.com is how you find us online. And then social media, just search Wise Money Radio, social media, sorry, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. All right. So in all of our experience, the people who have done rental real estate and done it successfully have a few qualities that are different than the people who have tried and and uh, broken apart on the rocks there. And the first two laws, one, you need to have capital. Capital to, for a down payment, capital for improvements, capital to carry the cost. When costs increase, oh my goodness, right here in St. Joe County, more than a decade ago, we had this issue where all of a sudden property taxes snapped into alignment. They changed how they were going to tax you. And guess what? If you owned a bunch of rental properties, that really caught you by surprise. Um, a lot of rentals, the property taxes doubled. Right. Yeah. And your ability to pass that cost along to the tenant. So as a, as a landlord, you get paid last. So remember, the insurance agent is going to get paid. Um, the, the county and the state with real estate taxes, they're going to get paid. I like to think of property taxes as the mortgage that's never paid. <laughs> right. So the mortgage that's never paid is going to get paid. The repairs, they're going to get paid. You will get paid last. So that's the mm-hmm. second one is having some wherewithal, some knowledge, some ability when it comes to construction or home maintenance. If you have to outsource all of that stuff, it's just going to be expensive. And, and I just haven't seen anyone who's done rental real estate successfully where they didn't have some no, some wherewithal um, to be able to do the work themselves. Here's a third law. You might argue with it. I, I haven't seen anyone do it where they do it successfully where they didn't have this as well. That is, you need to have time. Yeah. You need to have time. This is the one, this is the box that I would have a hard time checking right now. But I I, I have the advantage of watching my good friend and business partner who has, Ke- Kevin, you have uh, one of the most full lives I've ever seen, right? Always going, always involved. And You're you like very it social. Too. Yeah. You like it. You, you get energized, especially by time with, with friends and family and, and being involved in things. But rental real estate, it, it causes demands on your time, sometimes at unexpected times as sure. well. It can be a distraction in life. And unless you have the freedom to be able to shift your schedule around, to put other things on hold so that you can be responsive, or maybe you just have a great Rolodex and you can just always call someone else to go deal with that problem. But again, the, the more that other people are dealing with your rental property for you, the more expensive it is and less likely uh, there's going to be a profitable uh, end for all this. Now, and I'm not saying that you need time, therefore you can't have a full-time job in order to do rentals or you can't have another job in order to do rentals. No, no, no. It's just like Josh said. Um, the the rental property is going to demand attention and do you have the margin in your life you know on the weekends and before work after work um, at 2 a.m to devote to this and uh, I, I see I've seen it where you need to have that time and be willing to give that up in order to do real estate successfully yeah the the houses aren't. Uh, selective in when they demand your time. 
So it's interesting, Mike, because as a point of clarification, you said the third law of rental real estate is you need to have time. Well, here's the good news. We all have 168 hours every week. So actually everyone has time. Actually what you need is you need to have a desire to take that time when the Niles Fire Department calls and says, hey, your house is on fire, um, <laughs> oh to just drop everything and run over there and uh, make sure that the fire is getting put out correctly. Uh, this well, is the voice uh, of experience you're hearing today, folks. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm sharing that for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then you say, well, you also need time when you get the letter in the mail and say, that says, hey, uh, and they, they, Mishawaka does a nice job of this. They send pictures. So here's a picture of all the trash in on the curb in front of your house. And this needs to be dealt with in three days. And you think, well, okay, as long as I love doing that, <laughs> in, in no way, shape, or form am I going to resent having to go do that, then I am the perfect guy. And I say, hey, I was going to go to my child's sporting event. Instead of that, I'm going to go take care of this. I mean, all these things, as long as you love taking time that was allocated to something important and allowing real estate to be the trump card that says, nope, you thought you were doing that. You're not doing that this afternoon. You're doing this. Yeah. And, and there are some folks out there who that is their life. I mean, I, I have clients who they genuinely love to work. Yes. And when they're not at their day job, yeah. they are working on a property. They're building up their, their real estate empire. Now, some of them that I have in mind, um, they don't have children. And the rental properties kind of are their hobby. They they just enjoy it. It's kind of satisfying to them. But I've also had uh, many folks who love it, they love it, they love it until they don't anymore. And they you have to ask yourself, is this the lifestyle that you want to have either right now or maybe in the next stage of life? Because sometimes people build up rental real estate properties thinking this is going to be an amazing stream of income in retirement. But then they get to the eve of retirement and they're just like worn out. They don't love all that work anymore. They want to have freedom in retirement. And unfortunately, freedom and rental real estate doesn't always go together. It depends mm-hmm. on how you have it structured. Yeah. yeah, it depends on what infomercial you're listening to. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, so, I mean, so we've said you have to have time, you have to have skill, and you have to have money. And if you have those three things, you have to say, I have these three things and I want it focused on rental real estate and creating a bigger something. For what reason? So I thought it was just three. I thought it was just three until I first shared this with Kevin probably two years ago. And he said, no, no, no. You, You know what else you need? You, you you have to enjoy confrontation. And that's the fourth law of rental real estate. I appreciate you putting all of that together and say, yeah, but you've got to have a passion. You've got to love and really want to. You're totally right. Um, but, then, but then the last one, the last law is you need to enjoy confrontation because uh, you're going to have to evict someone. You're going to have to tell yeah. someone you're homeless. You're going to have to hear someone say that they can't buy Christmas presents for their kids if if they pay you rent. And you're going to have to say, you owe me rent. You're going to have to deal with the people who left all the trash on the curb and saying, why aren't you dealing with this trash issue? Right? So you need to actually enjoy confrontation. Right. And that is the 
the the the tricky thing in what I have come to the conclusion and what's made it easy for me to dispose of the rental real estate empire that we had built up is we're we're moving towards something else and for my wife and I we're moving towards simplification and we are getting called in some other directions and um, Corhorn Financial Group is growing and and has a few more demands so it's easy to um, get get this off of us Mm -hmm. but what you have to do is you have to be okay with people that don't own your place treating it like they don't own it (laughs) that's right because your expectation is they're going to and they're not going to that's right all right we're going to put the wraps here on these four laws of rental real estate hit anything else and then coincidentally fan of the show jane has a real estate question we're going to hit that and more coming up here on wise money with corhorn financial group This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thank you so much for being with us today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, if you've missed anything, we're about to dive into questions from from Jane and uh, several others. If you uh, if you missed anything from the topic today, feel free catch up on this episode and all others. You can do so first on the website wisemoneyradio.com. There's a media player right there, and you can listen to every episode there. Also, submit questions while you're there. Also. Uh, all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The YouTube channel has every episode. Facebook has links to every episode. I'm assuming Twitter does as well. So you can catch up on previous episodes right there. And then lastly, on the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts, just search Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. That's Corhorn with a K. And you can catch up on this episode and all others. All right. So it's housing season. It's spring. You're doing yard work. And gosh... You know what? That makes me think of owning more houses and doing more yard work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, but a lot of people have the temptation, the desire to own rental real estate. And if you're supposed to, oh, my goodness, it can work great. It, it really can. And uh, however, if you don't meet certain criteria or you haven't planned appropriately ahead, it can be a disaster. It really can. And in our experience, just been observing people who've done it really well, people who maybe wish it would have turned out differently and contrasted. And seems like there are four main differences. One, the people who do it well have capital, both for a down payment, for maintenance, to cover the cost when their tenant isn't there. They've got some wherewithal, some ability, some skill, so they don't have to delegate and pay someone else to do all the maintenance. They probably like doing the maintenance too, by the way. They have to have time, and as Kevin said, you actually have to then have the desire to want to spend time on the rental, and uh, because it's going to take a lot of time at sporadic times. And then lastly, you need to be comfortable with confrontation because you're going to have to have some hard conversations with people, make some hard decisions when things don't go the right way or when you inevitably face challenges. 
anything I'm missing, or how would you put the wraps on all this, guys? One other observation I would make, and, and we could probably throw this under the heading of the second law that you mentioned, you need to have skill. But one specific skill is having a great judge of character and being able to find the right people to invite into this asset that you own, to live there, to take care of it. Um, the, the most successful landlords that I've ever known, maybe they're happy about it because they've they've been lucky. I don't know. Maybe they've just had some great long-term tenants who are, are, are great to rent to. Um, but there are plenty of stories. You don't have to look very hard for someone who's got some experience where they had the nightmare tenant, someone who literally trashed the house. And um, I, I've known of people who the house was uninhabitable after some tenants were in there. It mm -hmm. became worthless. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think, boy, what started out as this great investment idea turns into a nightmare, sometimes because you have the wrong people in there. Yeah. Right? So uh, ju just recognize that. And if you don't want to be exposed to that risk, then maybe all the wonderful potential rewards that you read about and you hear about are for someone else to go pursue. And you find a different way to build financial freedom for yourself. Yeah, I think one of the skills that you really need to have before you ever enter into this is you need to understand some basic financial concepts. One of them is to understand how do you calculate profit and how will you define profit. And so I had my own, my own kind of, hey, if it's not at least profitable at this level, I'm not doing the deal. And so you need to calculate that and determine that before you do any deals. And then you have to, in my situation, I said, well, because of the way taxes work, if I um, sell, a, if I buy a house and sell it within the first 12 months, my silent partner, the federal government mm -hmm. and the state of Michigan, <laughs> they're they're actually going to take a bigger slice mm -hmm. than if I didn't. Now they're they're not going to do any of the work, but they will take a bigger slice. I thought maybe you were going to also mention: Do you define profit with a consideration for the value of your time as well? Right. Well, that 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 because that can give the illusion of profit sometimes. Absolutely, and and most people don't do that, so you have to. Assign a value to your time, and then when you assign the value to your time and you put that into the equation, you can erode a a profitable deal fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. And most most because the, and I would say even even in Michigan, when the taxes get uncapped because you're buying it and renting it, so instead of paying twelve hundred dollars a year for property taxes, that's what it was when you bought it. Now it's thirty three hundred dollars a year for property taxes. So you better have calculated that in your equation when you were charging rent because if you didn't, you just missed the boat and you shot your profit equation in the foot. We are not telling you avoid rental real estate at all cost. Absolutely no. not. We're we're just simply shining a light on reality of how to do it successfully and some of the things that you need to be proactive about figuring out before you jump into this um into this arena. So speaking of jumping into the arena, not exactly the same, but I placed Jane's question here. Jane's 27 from Mishawaka, fan of the show. I'm looking to buy my first house and have approximately $15,000 saved up for it. Way to go. Should I put that all as a down payment? 
Great, great question. I, I would ask you a few questions in response. I mean, how much house are we talking here, right? Is that, is 15,000 down, is, is that 10% of a $150,000 house? Or is it 20% of a $75,000 house? Or somewhere in between? Uh, the, the reason the, the dollar amount or the percentage down matters is because if you don't have at least 20% down, then most likely your mortgage company is going to charge you this extra expense that's there to protect them if you were to default on the loan. It's called private mortgage insurance. And it's just another way it increases the cost of uh, owning a home. And if you haven't really accounted for that in your budget and you're you're not okay with just kind of having some money slip through the cracks, then maybe you need to consider postponing just a little bit longer and stockpile a little bit more of a war chest so you can go shop and buy confidently with the right amount down. Yeah, I would look at that 15000 and say that's 20% of a $75,000 house. If you did that, you end up with a $60,000 mortgage and your payment is $322 a month. And you say, well, sweet, my payment's $322 a month. That's a lot cheaper than 1000 bucks a month I'm paying in rent. It, that may be, but remember, Jane, you just bought a lawnmower, you just bought hedge trimmers, you just bought go on down the line, and when the lawnmower breaks, you're fixing it. The maintenance guy at the apartment complex is not fixing your lawnmower. So you, mm-hmm. so when you, it's it's tempting to get all excited about these things, and I wouldn't, I I would just say temper your excitement with wisdom, mm-hmm. and make sure because. PMI, private mortgage insurance, you would be surprised at how many folks we've met that are paying private mortgage insurance and have no idea they're paying private mortgage insurance. Right. And you're like, no, mm-hmm. that's 60 bucks a month you've been paying for the last seven years, and that's a bad deal for you. And it doesn't go to pay your insurance to replace the house if it catches on fire, and it doesn't go towards your principal either. It is just straight up a fee to the bank. They're taking it. Yep. Um, I would, of course, offer the nerdy uh, answer and say, have you done a budget... Do you know where your current income and expenses stand, wherever your situation is, and what it will look like in the new place? Because, um, and that process should also lead you to then, all right, with this new place, what sort of maintenance and work is going to need to be done? I totally agree. Oh my goodness, even though it requires patience and discipline, guess what? Those are great um, habits for financial success anyway. Find a way to get 20% down before you buy the house because it's cheaper and, and, and better. But then build out a budget to say, all right, well, how much free cash flow will I have for home improvements or maintenance and to buy that lawnmower and those hedge trimmers and all that sort of stuff? You've got to factor all of that into the deal. And to me, it's just not okay to say, yeah, I've factored it in upstairs. I, you know, I've just thought about it. No, no, no. Lay that stuff out so then it's clarity. You have clarity and objectivity there. So, um Great question, Jane. I hope the discussion today about real estate has been helpful for you. If rental real estate is part of your financial future or your present financial reality, I hope that it's surrounded with an entire game plan called your comprehensive financial plan. It really needs to be. Same with you, Jane, as far as getting your 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 first house. So on behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. 
Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.